Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello all and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. Your hair is looking vibrant. Yeah, I just dyed it like last week. In preparation for a biking trip? No, just because I needed, you know, it had dulled. It needed to be dyed. Doesn't matter if it's on a bike trip or not. You, that is the you have so much dirt in your water <laughs> it's whiskey with lemonade why does it have sediment on the bottom that's just the color of the glass it's not the color of the glass there's like there's a layer of sand oh look at that uh, look at the, that that's lemon pulp dude <laughs> brown from the brown lemon no no, no. okay so <laughs> so actually there's a color okay i don't want to look there's a color that's the glass color that the glass is colored glass is clear no this this orange stuff here or ah uh, there we go i'm pointing at it now that is the color of the glass you have a glass that looks like someone's shit orange <laughs> diarrhea into the bottom of it yes in fact i do <laughs> Has it been tested for radium? Huh. I wonder what would happen if I put it under a black light. This looks like the shit that your grandparents ate off of, and then they had, like, fucking lead poisoning for the last 40 years of their lives. Well, I think I'm okay. I think it's just some artsy glass. We need some Geiger counters up in here. That that bitch is sending off alpha waves. I'm sure it's fine. It, it's not an antique. Also, alpha waves don't matter. Those are the ones that, like can't really penetrate anything yeah a piece of paper maybe although if you did get them inside you they're bad yeah you, you, but you would have to like take an old piece of fiesta ware and like grind it up and eat it well i think that's how that it happens though people eat things that have that emit alpha waves and then they're like oh shit yeah you remember old uncle buster the guy that ate plates him and his titanium dentures that should be a Shel Silverstein poem. <laughs> Uncle Buster couldn't muster the strength to eat a plate until he got himself some brand new teeth and then some plates he did eat. <laughs> it seems like you're kind of mixing up uh, Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're doing also a, a little bit of James Bond in there. Yeah, James Bond. Yeah, Jaws. You remember that guy from Moonraker, the guy with metal teeth? No. Uh, he was one of the henchmen. I didn't... I have not seen any James Bond movies. Any? It's not like part of one on a plane. Oh. It was a recent one. Most of what Man, I know I of love... James Bond is like from uh, like either Austin Powers or uh, <laughs> or the Venture Brothers. So just parodies I mean, you're not of wrong. James Bond. It's like going back and watching the old Sean Connery, man. That Those are the best ones ever because it's like... Oh, that woman's hysterical. I better beat her for 30 minutes. It's, it's like, oh, that, or we just put that on screen, did we? Yeah, that's acceptable. Because that always works. That no better Where's the spy? person. Where's the spy? There's, like a, there's a Bond girl named Pussy Galore. I, I did know that. That is the fucking tits, man. Yeah. And there's also a Bond girl named fucking tits. There is not. What kind of hair, like, what color hair does she have? The old southern, like, 80s hairsprayed up to the fucking gills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, closer to the, God. The, the higher to heaven, closer to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, Mr. Bond, my name is fucking Tits, and I think you know how I got that sobriquet. Well, Russ, what are you well, reading I today? Th- I think it's because I'm going to have to fuck your... No, yeah, sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, it is your turn. I did cut Toad and the Kangaroo. Yeah. I was last week. You're this week. You did Clarence. I did Toad and the Kangaroo. Then it's you. <gasps> you Okay, my podcast didn't, didn't... I know. My podcast app didn't update, and so I saw... Last thing I saw was Clarence. All right. Give me just a moment. Okay. So, what are you reading, Lauren? I'm reading a very short one. It's called If. If I had wheels instead of feet, and roses instead of eyes, then I could drive to the flower show, and maybe win a prize. There's no illustration. (laughs) Perfect. I live near Lavender Land. No, no, I'm I'm pretty allergic to lavender. Not like skin touch allergic, but like sense wise, I'm really sensitive to it, and it gives me a headache, and it makes me nauseous, and my my nose starts to close up. It's it's the worst thing for me. Lavender land would be your hell. I know uh, it is. It is a lavender farm. It yep. is just up the few kilometers up the road here and they seem to host lots of weddings in the summertime i guess that's when lavender blooms what would i even do if i were invited to a wedding at a lavender farm at lavender land i guess i'd take a lot of antihistamines and just hope for the best (laughs) keep the EpiPen ready ready at the thigh like a gunslinger six shooter well it's not quite like that like it it, it's a like it's it's a respiratory allergy like it's not it's not really very systemic it's very much confined to like my my well my breathing which is important i guess (laughs) never understood the appeal of flowers like i get the whole romantic thing where it's like oh the fading of life this beautiful thing is transient but i mean they're extraordinarily wasteful i get it i get it i love flowers i I love the Mm. i love colors i like the shape of them I used to love the smell of them until I became really scent sensitive. And now if I have a bouquet of, of flowers that are too fragrant, I have to like put them somewhere else. Fortunately, as I would learn, most flowers these days are bred to be long lasting and not fragrant. That's why right. they smell kind of vaguely like leaves. Right. Right. They don't smell like much at all, which is works in my favor. But I used to love when I was a kid just burying my head in like a lilac bush and just smelling. And I, these days I have to give lilac bushes a wide berth. <laughs> I have absolutely no knowledge of botany whatsoever. Uh, I can identify roses. I can I- identify maybe daisies, tulips. I know what those are. But you just said lilac. I don't have the foggiest idea what lilac. Uh, if you told me to draw a lilac and put a gun to my head and said, if you don't draw a lilac, you will see your creator, that would be my last day. Russ, a lot of people know what lilacs are. They're really common plants. Do you know what? Do you know here. why people like lilacs? I'm going to look up a lilac. Let's see. Lilac. Okay, I'm picturing a lilac in my head. Let's okay. see what it looks like in real life. That looks like mold. <laughs> okay. Nope, I wouldn't. I'd be dead. I, I would be a dead man. It's They have a really powerful smell, and it is a nice smell, although it's too much for me these days. I was picturing an orchid. I thought lilacs oh. were orchids. Oh, okay. interesting. No, they're definitely not orchids. And yes, you would be dead. So the reason I chose this poem is that uh, it's getting close to the Rose Parade or the Rose Festival in Portland, Oregon. Oh, my. 
Portland is known as the City of Roses, although exactly why, I, you know, I'm not totally sure. We have a rose test garden, which is famous for some reason. I don't know. I guess because they were growing roses to see if they would work in this climate or something. Wow, I don't actually know a whole lot of reasons why my city is called the City of Roses, but <laughs> our women's soccer team is called the Thorns. Nice. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is called the city of brotherly love and they stab each other on the reg and the city of Houston, <laughs> Texas is known as the city of we love trans people and we see how that worked out. Oh, God. Um, I went to... <laughs> one of those was true. Try and guess which one. I think you won't be surprised. <laughs> so we have we have uh, at least two like very nice rose gardens that I can think of. One is the rose test garden that is near the zoo. And the other one is a park in northeast Portland and called Peninsula Park. And it has, I think, much showier roses than some of the ones in the test garden. So calling it the city of roses is not all that inappropriate, uh, even though I don't know why. But every year, we have the Rose Festival and the Rose Parade. And usually before that is the Starlight Parade. And for the life of me, I have lived in Portland since 2002, and I have never seen the Rose Parade. Oh. Well, I have found an article that might shed some light on this. This is from 1859 Oregon's Magazine. Uh, 1859oregonmagazine.com. Written by Anna Bird, and she writes, Portland's affinity for roses started with a wedding gift and resulted in a World War I safe haven for European roses. Roses are not native to the region, nor did any Portland gardeners reach international stardom by breeding the best rose blossoms. The first rose bush in the Pacific Northwest was sent to Anna Marie Pittman in 1837 when she married Jason Lee, a missionary near... Champeg? I guess that's pronounced like that. Clippings from that bush were planted in Champeg Park, Willamette Shampooey. University. Oh, Shampooing. Oh, so pronounced like it looks. All right, cool. Shampooing Park, Willamette University, and the surrounding area when Oregon's climate proved suitable for growing roses. Georgina Pittock, wife to longtime publisher of the Oregonian, Henry Pittock, turned her love for roses into a social affair in 1889, and the Portland Rose Society was born. In 1905, Portland held the Lewis and Clark Exposition, its only World's Fair, to attract people to the city and boost the regional economy. The organizers spent two years landscaping the 400-acre fairgrounds on the shores of Guild Lake. To attract visitors to the exposition, the city of Portland planted 10,000 bushes of the revered Madame Carolyn Testout Rose along Portland's oh. streets. Okay. The voluptuous Madame Carolyn Testout Rose is perhaps the most popular breed of hybrid rose named after a 19th century French dressmaker. Um, at the end of that exposition, Mayor Harry Lane announced that he would build on the success of the fair and establish an annual rose festival. More than 1.5 million people attended the Lewis and Clark Exposition, approximately 50% of the world's population at that time. That was me interjecting. And Lane thought a Rose Festival could have similar economic impact. The first Rose Festival was held two years later in 1907. So these days the Rose Festival is essentially like the Portland City Fair. Like it has rides, it has booths with, with fried foods and things like that. But it does have the Starlight Parade and the Rose Parade. And I think that in the poem If, where you have wheels instead of feet, and roses instead of eyes, you're pretty much a flower float for the Rose Parade. 
How long have you lived in Oregon? Since 2002. And never a single... Wow. Wow. That's a, yeah. that's a long time to go without a rose parade. I don't like waiting for things. Parades. I don't like waiting for things. I don't oh, like... Fucking... Parades would be fine if I didn't have to wait uh, in a crowd of people for them. How the you how the are not wrong. People will camp out for spots for the Rose Parade. I, yeah, I am a hundred percent with you. If I lived in Portland, I would also have never seen this parade. Yeah, so that's why I haven't seen Unless it. Unless I just accidented into it. I have walked through parades from time to time, where it's like, "What the fuck is going on? What are y'all be?" <laughs> that's always doing? the best. That's the only way to, to see a parade. Shot. That's the only type way to see a parade is to just accidentally end up at the parade. It's like, was... you waited here for 12 hours? I just walked. Yeah, uh, I exactly. got here two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, there is an Elliot great Smith to hate song. Things. <laughs> Speaking of hating things, there's an Elliot Smith song about the Rose Parade. Have you heard it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I... Th- I do not know what audience you think you're entertaining here. Have I heard the Elliot Smith song about the Portland Rose Parade? No. No, I've never heard that goddamn thing. All right, let me send you the song. I mean, do you know anything about Elliot Smith? Not a goddamn thing. Okay, I presume he writes songs. Well, he he did, yes. Let me send it to you. You're going to have to go through some ads first. Oh, the follow-up here. The groundwork for the City of Roses was firmly established when World War I began, and Europe's hybrid roses were in danger of being blown up. In 1918, hybridists from England began sending their roses to the Rose Test Garden in Portland. Hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have sent me... All right, Elliot Smith Rose Parade from either or... Oh, wow! I had that... Uh, my parents had that TV when I was a kid. There's like some album art that's a giant old tube TV. Yep. So won't you follow me down to the Rose Parade? Tripped over a dog in a choke chain collar. Weren't we talking like not too long ago about like if you like the Velvet Underground and Nico, it kind of brands you as i'm gonna like this style of music yes maybe this, something like that this seems this seems to track yeah well elliot smith died when i was in college he, he died a fuck lot i just read about his death maybe suicide oh, maybe probably not <laughs> oh good he's an interesting person isn't he yeah did like oh man that story is sketchy at best why don't you tell us the story, Russ? Elliot Smith died on October 21st, 2003 at the age of 34 from two stab wounds to the chest. At the time of the stabbing, he was at his Lemoyne Street home in Echo Park, California, where he lived with his girlfriend, Jennifer Chiba. According to Chiba, the two were arguing, and she locked herself in the bathroom. Chiba heard him scream, and upon opening the door, saw Smith standing with a knife in his chest. She pulled the knife out, after which he collapsed and called 911. Smith died in the hospital. A possible suicide note written on a sticky note read, I'm so sorry, love, Elliot, God forgive me. The coroner misspelled Smith's first name in the autopsy report, omitting the second T. While Smith's death was reported as a suicide, the att- Okay, he missed the first time? Like, that's the dude who shoots himself in the face twice. Like, you done fucked up. She killed that guy. Well, he is... 
has a very, very famous song about suicide, which you've probably heard before. Is it called Suicide is Painless? No. Did you live in the days before? No, it's from the Wes Anderson movie. uh, The one about the rich people. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, Needle in the Hay. Oh, that's him. Oh, yeah, kick ass. Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah, that's Elliot Smith. That's a real good song. Oh, okay. All right, I'm a fan. Yeah, that's a real good song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think I had uh, I had an Elliot Smith song in one of my online profiles. It may have been Facebook, and it's just uh, I think it's Waltz Number Two. So you've uh, been a fan for a minute, eh? I mean, I don't actually know that many Elliot Smith songs, but I do love Waltz Number Two. Let me let me look that one up for you. She appears composed, so she is, I suppose. Who can really tell? since that when i make my movie that's i'm using that one for what i had on my profile was she appears composed so she is i suppose (laughs) (laughs) how have you ever been up close to a floral float oh god no why would i put myself in such a situation i don't know you were in a marching band no i mean i was sure I I, i was in the rose bowl parade once but i don't think i i remember just stepping over horse shit <laughs> I think that's that's part of that El- that Elliot Smith song about the Rose Parade. Because I don't think it's horse. Oh. It's like there was definitely shit in that in that song somewhere. Well, I mean, to get flowers, you need shit. So you know that tracks. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was excited about this. Where I live now, there's lots of farmland, and okay. I mean, living near Lavender Land. Yeah, know, Lavender Land. And there's like a farmer's market, but they grow their own shit. And I, I'm surrounded <laughs> by farmland. Lots of farmland. They and grow I their own forg- shit? Yeah, they grow their own shit out of the shit ground. But I had forgotten just when planting season happens, just how fragrant the world becomes. Because G.M. <laughs> Chrysler. It, step out your front door and it's like, oh, that is so much manure. How did you get that much manure? <laughs> and then you have like newbies to the area posting on like the Facebook groups or the next door groups where it's like, what's that smell? Is something burning? It's like, I now work for a gas company and they sent out a memo where it's like, no, that's not a gas leak. That's manure. <laughs> that's great, man. Ah, uh, methane. Ah, uh, methane. So I, uh, I, so I think I have been up close and personal with a float and i think it was because reed college was creating a float for the rose parade one year and i didn't really i don't think it really helped them make it i think i just saw them applying flowers to something and they did the texture with <laughs> flowers but also like seeds i think they made some texture out of like seed clump goo it looks kind of like styrofoam but it's like i think it's a clump like yeah, well, chia blue. pets grow really quick, right? No, it doesn't grow. It's just like, I think it's just like plasticized or something with glue. You sure they weren't like p- planting chia seeds just to give it a lot, nice little bit of green filler? Yeah, I'm sure about that. Oh, okay. Uh, and couldn't, couldn't eat the float. All right. I know you can't. Eat, well, I mean, a lot of flowers are edible, and maybe some of them are on there are edible, but also that who knows about the adhesive they're putting on it. 
When you watched Land Before Time, did you think that leaves were the most appetizing thing in history? I sure did, and yet I was still really dubious about salads. That's what that whole movie was. Chompy-ass stars. I know. I do feel like Littlefoot sometimes when I'm eating a big lettuce leaf. That bit where they have the tree stars and and, and all the the water is pooling in the middle. Yeah, it looks amazing. Boom! Ran right in there. When I have Alzheimer's, I will forget my zip code, but there's Littlefoot (laughs) and his little tree star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, back to Rose Parade floats. So I think think that's where I had uh, have some idea of how they're put together and how they make the textures and things like that. But I'm not actually sure that happened. And so I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe the only real time I've seen what putting together a floral parade float looks like has to do with watching Power Rangers as a kid. Because there was, there was one episode, that. right, where like the Pink Ranger was making a float for some kind of parade. And Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, gets her float destroyed. And there's the bad guy of the week or day or whatever is called Spitflower. And it is a carnivorous plant monster here. And I do think it did spit flowers at some point. And I think it may have eaten one of the Power Rangers if you're into that. I do not. No, I don't have a vor fetish. I do. I'm really hoping. I don't remember that particular episode, but I'm really hoping that it was like a carnivorous pitcher plant. And so it just had to yes. stay really still yes, the whole should. time. Well, and... it, you should look at the image of Spitflower from the Power Rangers. Spit, all right. Huh. Well, I mean, Spitflower is definitely responsible for at least one sexual awakening. <laughs> what? How, how, do you, how do you gather that? Well, it has a scrotum for a chin. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, God, it does. It has that orchid y scrotum y two... thing giant vagina dentatas for hands <laughs> oh god you're right oh no <laughs> also it has the it, it has the v lines like it's where it, where its thighs meet its crotch those are uh-huh. really well defined uh-huh yeah this animal's problematic <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah you're right it has a caterpillar S- head yeah somebody somebody's definitely somebody's definitely drawn hentai to this Ooh, okay let's find out i don't actually know how to search for like Power Ranger Spitflower porn. How do I even find that? I googled Spitflower Power Rangers Rule Thirty Four. Okay, what did you find? I gotta say it's disappointing. Mm. Yeah, I was hoping for more. What search engine did, did you have to use to find it? Oh, I just use Google. Okay. <laughs> My safe search has been turned off since nineteen ninety nine. I was trying to remember how I knew about how like floral floats floats were created and i was like i seem to have vague memories about one at reed but like but no real like i can't really anchor it into a time or exactly a place and i don't remember doing any activities with the float so did i do that at all then i was like well what other exposure that i've had that would show me how a floral float is constructed and i was like well there was that one Power Rangers episode. Was was Spitflower male or female? Does it matter? I don't know. It's a flower. It, like flowers can be like multiple sexes, or you know, just both. Or 
There seems to be a little bit of like crush fetish stuff out there about. What's a crush fetish? Oh, that's when you have a giant step on you. Okay. There's a little bit of that associated with Spitflower, but it, it just seems more organic. Like these are shots from the show. <laughs> yeah, I can see that if someone was, wow, that really does look like a scrotum, especially from below. Wow. Damn it. Now we got to go fuck Spitflower. <laughs> go fuck a big orchid. Lavender land, you don't know what's coming for you. Oh! <laughs> oh!